The Tropic Pianist Gamers Podcast, Episode 9, The Girl with Too Many Hobbies. You often get asked what your hobbies are, when you're learning a language in particular. From the age of seven I was learning French, but eventually I went on to learn French and German at school, and then later Welsh as an adult. Every time you got asked what your hobbies are, I had to think of one thing that I could describe in the language that I was learning. But I was always stuck for choice because I had too many hobbies and I couldn't think of one single one that I wanted to name. So for the sake of argument and simplifying the language that I was learning, I'd say, I like football or I like music. And I didn't think anything more of it. But in truth, I liked a bit of everything. In a previous podcast episode, I described that I played the recorder from age 3, violin from age 4 and piano from age 7. But I was also into sport back then. I did gymnastics, I did football, I played tag rugby, I played cricket. I avoided rounders and netball because they were described as for girls and I wanted to play the boys sports. I was also into crochet and sewing back then. I loved cross stitch pieces and my mum was the textile artist by trade so she taught me how to weave on her looms. I particularly loved the inkle loom and she taught me to crochet at age seven as well. I never did quite get the hang of knitting though, funnily enough. Away from school, I liked writing, I liked drawing. I was so into drawing back then that I liked copying pictures of things. I liked drawing pictures of my soft toys. I liked doodling and I loved writing poetry just for the fun of it. You know, poems about my friends, poems about what I was enjoying at the time. I wrote little stories, so by the time I was a teenager I still kept all those hobbies and I'd written the equivalent to a couple of novels by the time I was 15. But I kept much of it hidden because at secondary school I was bullied for being a swat, I was bullied for being a geek, I was bullied. I was even bullied for having effectively too many hobbies. They didn't say those exact words but they were like, why do you like so many things, that's weird. And I sort of hid everything from people because of that. So I was a secret poet, I was a secret writer, I was a secret crocheter. I was in chess club in year seven. That wasn't a secret, but I got bullied for that, so I dropped out by year eight because I didn't want to be seen as a geeky chess player. Um, I enjoyed maths as well. I dropped out of maths club by year eight because I was being bullied for that. And later in sixth form, I actually joined what was called the National Cipher Challenge, which was um, revealing secret codes deciphering secret codes and I really loved that. It was sort of a creative but logic element at the same time but I got bullied for that as well. Of course in the background of all that gaming sort of emerged around my early teens as well. My dad had always been into games on the PC and he introduced me to the Windows DOS and 3.1 games back when things were text-based um, and keyboard based and I remember playing the classic Lion King, Aladdin and Jungle Book games on the old Windows machines and a text based Alice in Wonderland game. My dad's favourite games were Monkey Island, the original and Up Periscope and Civilization 1. I absolutely love Civilization and I love that my dad had a strategy around it. Um, he, he had a saved, precious saved game where he'd surrounded the last city in the game. So if he took over that city, that would have ended the game. But he wanted to keep going to see how much knowledge that his people could gather. He wanted the game to end before he ended the game, I think. Which is a sort of parallel to my own husband now. Because 
me and my husband are both video gamers that's our shared passion with each other and dr g will see a game until the end of it he'll either 100 percent it or the game will cease to exist and i love that of him because i'm not a completionist i prefer to play the storyline of a game but not necessarily 100% it because I just don't have the patience or the stamina to want to complete the game 100%. But that's okay, we've got different styles of playing, but the main thing is we've got a shared passion. When it comes to finding romantic partners, I always thought it was good to have something in common. And my history of romantic partners proved that because the one that lasted three months was the one where we had virtually nothing in common and it didn't work out. But interestingly, over my history of boyfriends, as it were, Dr. G was the gamer. The two significant ones before that, the first boyfriend, Henry, he was a choir boy, he was a singer, he was a musician, he was a saxophone player who was in the jazz band. So we had that in common, we loved music. Um, he was even learning the keyboard at the same time. The second boyfriend was also a singer and a musician, although he was in a brass band. So we still had the music in common and he was interested in the technological side of stage productions. So I believe that is his career now. And obviously I'm still a musician now, but it's not my only hobby. My other hobby was I had music, I had crafty arts, I had video games. And when I met Dr. G and realised he was into Mario Kart, that that sealed the deal for us effectively so it's great to have multiple interests because for me personally it allowed me to keep an open mind with when i connected with people which back when i was anxious was quite a rare thing to actually properly connect with people going back to my childhood i always loved my colors i always loved music and i always loved the creative side of everything i never thought that i couldn't do it I just went for it and tried my best and I think that was an important lesson to learn growing up. My parents did encourage me. They erred on the side of being pushy at times but generally they encouraged me and my mum being a creative herself understood how important it was to have the creativity and that was invaluable. My dad by contrast is an accountant by trade but he invested musically in me when I was just three years old when he bought me my piano which I use to teach today. I will always be grateful for that because that started my musical journey. Now even though my sort of childhood was shaped into a musician's life I don't regret that although I was kind of pushed into the direction that by the time I left school I thought I was only good at music and nothing else and that affected my confidence in everything else. So effectively, by the time I was 18, my mentality said, you can't have multiple hobbies. You've got to choose one and stick to it because if you're going to get a job when you're older, you need to know what your one thing is and that will be music because I was pushed into thinking that I should be a secondary school music teacher. So I was like, right, I've got to channel my music into that now and I can't do anything else. So I lost sort of the ability to draw um, I didn't think I could write very well because I was only in second set for English at school so I wasn't in top set so that to me meant I wasn't good enough and yeah I wasn't I wasn't able to take art for GCSE I took graphics and didn't get an A star so to me that meant I wasn't good enough 
yet I still got an A for graphics so it wasn't as bad as I thought it was in my head then of course when I went off to university to study music I became less and less confident in what I thought I could do I thought I could play the piano but I didn't even reveal to most people that I played the piano because I studied first study viola and failed performance at the end of first year so I was like oh I'm no good at music anymore I actually did a masters in composition because I didn't feel like I could perform but doing the masters actually made me realize I'm not a composer either so I left I left college and university thinking that I wasn't very good at anything so I got stuck in zero hours contracts doing nothing particularly useful although I learnt a lot because I was a note taker in the university meaning that I note took at people's lectures in different subjects so I was learning all about their subjects but not as a student so I could observe and learn and take in as much information as I can and I found that really useful. I learned about politics, I learned about religion, I learned about other subjects to music than which I'd studied myself and the whole experience was fantastic but of course it was a zero hours job so I wasn't able to get anywhere personally or professionally in that sense because I was stuck. I was lucky that I met my husband at a time when he already owned his own house and his own car so he was an independent adult and I was just a student who was biding her time trying to avoid getting a job. But the timing at which we met was divine timing because I was just about to end my student tenancy and he asked me to move in. So I moved straight from my student house into his house and we effectively lived happily ever after. The advantage of having a partner who understands me is he encourages me to grow, he sticks by me no matter what and I like to think I stick by him no matter what as well. But ultimately I'm the creative and I'm the one with so many hobbies that I have to find a place to channel them into. Now exactly how did I manage to do that? Well for most of my 20s I wasn't very creative at all. I got married at 26 and from 24 to 26 I put all my energies into planning my wedding which was very creative because I had a secret Mario Galaxy theme going on which I highlighted in my notes as the grown-ups must not find out. So that meant I considered myself as not a grown-up at that point in time, which I look back on reflection and find that quite amusing. But anyway, my creativity came through then because I did all my centrepieces. I arranged some of the music myself and it had our own very personal flair to it and everyone knew it was our wedding and no one else's and that was really special. But other than that large project, my day-to-day -day job was helping other people and I was often tired and feeling exhausted so I didn't feel like I had the creative energy to let out. I did form Nintendo North Wales at the end of 2012 but I didn't really get creative with that until a year later when we started our official events in September 2013. From 2013 onwards I started putting my creative energy into running the community. We'd caught with themed events every month and I'd have to think of raffle prizes and how to produce the content so we'd have a tournament, we'd have a league. And once the full first year of the league happened, which was 2014, where we had uh, trophies sent from Nintendo themselves, I had to design the trophies myself. So I, so I found a local glass engraving company who, who produced trophies and negotiated with them a deal so that we could afford out of our kitty to pay for trophies for the end of every year's league and we did that right up until lockdown. We're hoping to resume this year with a fresh league which is Mario Kart. 
but of course that's just the gaming side. What about all my other hobbies and interests? So I'd, I'd hidden them for many years because I was ashamed of being the girl with too many hobbies as I was criticised for it when I was younger. If you've listened to my podcast from February, you'll know that I got into two love triangles in my lifetime. The first boyfriend of the second love triangle sent me an email 3am the night after we broke up before blocking me on social media to tell me that I would end up in a dead-end job with no prospects if I didn't book my ideas up. And in truth, he wasn't wrong, but back then I was like, you don't know anything about me. I was just about to apply for PGCE, which I later rejected because I didn't want to be a teacher, and I realised at that point that's not what I wanted to do. Then there was the question hanging over me about what do I actually want to do? Will I end up in a dead-end job? I don't know, I don't have any direction, I don't have any ambition and I've got too many interests, I don't know what to do with them. Which direction do I go in? I assumed that piano would eventually be the idea because that was what I was best at but society told me I had to have a 9-to-5 office job so I tried to do that and it lasted about 18 months and the end result was I walked out of the second job because I was bullied And it was at that point I realised I wasn't built for the 9 to 5 office life. It didn't suit me and my body didn't like it either. I was getting more ill as time went on. I had chronic back pain and my heart wasn't there. I'd essentially given up. If I had it my way, I decided I never wanted a job. I just wanted to live through my hobbies. But the unfortunate thing is you have to make a living somehow. And I didn't know how on earth I was going to do that. And it wasn't until I walked out of that office job and moved house that I was able to become a piano tutor. So I was like, right, I've got that one thing down. This is what I'm going to be. But ultimately, I wasn't fulfilled. I was like, is that it? I'm just a piano teacher now. I'm bored. I enjoy the piano, but there's more to life than just being a piano teacher. So this is what takes us to lockdown. So of course... As per the last episode, my Why Behind Tropic, I joined Tropic in March 2020. That gave me the extra focus from being just a piano tutor and I was able to explore self-development and mindset work to essentially overcome my whole anxiety disorder. And it was at that point I was like, I don't have to just be a pianist. I don't have to just be a piano tutor. I can be whatever I want to be. So with the person of many interests and hobbies now, When I do my elevator pitch at network meetings, I say, Hi, I'm Jen. I'm the Tropic Pianist Gamer. And I pause. And then, I'm a multi-passionate creative, an author and a podcaster. And everyone looks at me going, Wow, I'm intrigued. What's a multi-passionate creative? I've never heard of that before. Obviously, I know there are other multi-passionate creatives, but it's a lesser used term, or it was back when I started using it. The more I do research on social media, the more multi-passionates I come across. And it's great to connect with fellow multi-passionate creatives. There are many of us out there. And what I learned through that is, when I first started my Tropic journey, I was told you could only have one niche. But of course, I started Tropic from a pianist background. So I was a pianist and a Tropic ambassador at the same time. I wasn't just a Tropic ambassador. And that made the difference. So I found the training that I aligned with that said, you don't have to have one niche. You can be multifaceted, which turned into multi-passionate. So 
I became the Tropic Pianist Gamer because I owned my three parts of my brand, even though the gaming is voluntary, but I stood tall in that and I was like, right, I'm ready to admit that I'm into multiple things and that's okay. I can be whatever I want to be. Too many years have gone by where I was trying to fit in a box or trying to be pushed into the box to stay there. No more. I rose up and I was ready to be the multi-passionate creative I was always meant to be. The girl with too many hobbies turned into the multi-passionate creative. So today I love crochet when I've got time. I can't draw anymore but I could play a decent game of chess but I prefer Tetris. Once upon a time I played competitive Mario Kart nationally but now I prefer co-op play on Splatoon 3. But I'll always love video games, despite being bullied for it, because I found the whole world out there of video gamers who understand each other and are on each other's wavelength, and that makes all the difference. It's about finding your tribe at the end of the day. And I found my tribe in 2021 for business, for gaming, and for everything else. Because once upon a time I was lonely, I felt like I had no friends because I couldn't relate to anyone. So if you're in that place where you feel isolated because you don't know anyone who's on the same wavelength as you, reach out and ask for help. That's the best thing I ever did. I found networks. I discovered networking. Networking changed my life. If you network enough, you will find people who relate to you, who resonate with you, who want to cheerlead you, and you can cheerlead them back. That's exactly what I have, and I have across different networks, different types of people who tune into each bit of my passion and it's fab. I wouldn't have life any other way now. The only problem is I socialise too much now which I never thought I would be able to say but I'm proud of my life now. I'm living my best life and it's all because I found my niche and my niche was to be multi-passionate. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'm really excited for this month's guest because at the end of April we mark International Jazz Day so I've got an international jazz pianist coming to talk to us who is also a multi-passionate creative. So I'm really excited to talk to him later this month. That episode will launch on the 22nd of April. Um, if you want to find me in the meantime, my website is tropicpianistgamer.co.uk or my social media tag is at Tropic Pianist Gamer. I'm on all social media platforms in some form or other. I look forward to connecting from or hearing from you. Bye for now. <laughs>